If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Blog Talk Radio. Glamour, fearless, diabetes late night. January's Diabetes Late Night Podcast. It's our first all-nude podcast in celebration of the 2016 New Diabetes Advocacy Calendar called TD1 Expose, which features tasteful nude portraits of people living with type 1 diabetes embracing the changes it makes in their lives and bodies. Uh, you just heard our Diva Inspiration of the Month. It's Adele, courtesy of Sony Music, and that song was Water Under the Bridge from her new album, 25. Now, there's no doubt that Adele is making headlines these days. Her song, Hello, is at the top of the charts, and her album sales are well over 7 million to date. But album sales and music awards aside, our 10-time Grammy winner says she thinks uh, being different is the key to a happier way of life. Adele says, there's only one you, so why would you want to look like everyone else? Why would you want to have the same hairstyle or even the same opinions as everyone else? Well, like I said on our Divabetic Facebook page yesterday, only dead fish go with the flow. So tonight, I'm taking it all off to help with diabetes awareness and letting our Diva Inspiration inspire you to be different and unique. Now, our Diva Inspiration, Adele, is quickly attaining legendary status in the music industry, much like the late David Bowie and Natalie Cole, who recently passed, have achieved in their wonderful careers. It's hard to lose a legend, and it's even harder when they're a friend and a mentor. Later on in tonight's podcast, I'll be talking to the two of my friends who work closely with Natalie Cole, just like I did with the late Luther Vandross. 
For me, the chance to work so closely with someone so brilliantly talented was truly life-altering. Like Natalie Cole, Luther, I believe, embodied the American dream and in turn gave me the courage to believe good things happen to good people. I hope they could do that for you. Some, po- some listeners, though, are probably scratching their heads right now wondering, what does Natalie Cole, David Bowie, and even Adele have to do with diabetes? I mean, why bother? Well, anyone who was recently diagnosed with diabetes, I think, would tell you that um, as soon as you're diagnosed with diabetes, everything seems to relate in your life to diabetes. And you need some uh, inspiration along the way with those day-to-day challenges you face. Music, for me, has always been a big source of inspiration, and I hope it is for you. And, you know, Adele's music truly inspires me. Uh, inspires me. I feel like she's divided the conventional norms of the music industry and has risen to the top by doing it her way. Hopefully she can inspire you, and even if she can't, maybe Natalie Cole can, who, because Natalie used her fame to bring awareness to kidney disease, and maybe her example can inspire you to get involved in a cause that's true to your heart, like the founders of the TD Exposed Calendar. Well, uh, the music we play tonight, I hope, will reach you wherever you are and let you know you're a part of our DivaBetic communi- community and that no one is alone. And joining me tonight will be poet Lorraine Brooks, the Charlie's Angels of Outreach, Cindy Lou from Kentucky, Mama Rose Marie, Kat Reed, one of the creators of the 2016 New Diabetes Advocacy Calendar, and two wonderful women who are going to help me pay tribute to Natalie Cole, all in the next hour. But before we get things started... Take a minute and donate to DivaBetic at DivaBetic.org. Your tax-deductible contributions are greatly appreciated and may help me put some clothes on my back. So, hey, <laughs> Adele says she's having her hair, she, she loves having her hair and face done, but she's not going to lose weight because someone tells her to. She makes music to be a musician, not to be on the cover of Playboy. Let's take another listen to a wonderful cut from her popular new album, 25. I know. Diabetes Late Night. I'm your host, Mr. Divabetic. Tonight, uh, I want you to not forget to join me next month for our podcast inspired by Tamar Braxton. We'll be raising awareness for the Spare Rose campaign during Diabetes Podcast Week on Tuesday, February 2nd from 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern. Right now, it's time to meet the fabulous poet. Uh, we're so lucky to have her, Lorraine Brooks. Hi, Lorraine. Hi, Max. How are you? Happy New Year. It's a little bit cold in the studio tonight, isn't it, when you're not wearing it, clothes? It really is. I wish you had told me to bring my wrap. <laughs> well, when you do an all-new podcast, you don't think about accessories. <laughs> I always but, think about accessories. Accessories are my life. <laughs> you know, you have been going through so many changes in your life recently. With your, uh, you're, you're retiring this year, you're moving, and you just celebrated a birthday. So happy birthday to you. Thank you. And I'm just wondering, how does that all affect your diabetes daily life? 
Well, you know, um, of course, we all know that stress and um, sometimes uh, physical activity have a tendency to uh, to affect your blood sugar. It can make uh, either go up or down. So I test myself a little bit more often um, than I normally would, and so far, so good. I'm paying attention to, of course, my eating habits, and um, it's very difficult because I'm packing to move to another state, so I have to be very methodical about that. And um, I'm also, as you said, I also just retired, so that was, um, even though it was a good thing and a happy thing, it was a little stressful as well. So I think what I, you know, what I do is I just pay more attention and try to be more mindful, and um, I still get in my exercise every day, and I still um, do all the things that uh, I do on a daily basis, and so far, so good. Now, um, tell me a little bit about moving and kind of rearranging your health entourage, because I know for a lot of people, they get really nervous about, uh, with diabetes, they get a little bit nervous about moving and have to and having to find all new doctors. How are you dealing with that issue? Yeah, I did. I did, of course, have to find all new doctors, and um, the people that I've located so far have been um, wonderful. Uh, I found a new endocrinologist, and um, I'm actually in the process of getting uh, an updated pump and a new glucose monitoring system, so that worked out very well for me. Um, I found a new gynecologist. I found a new dentist. I found a new uh, general practitioner, actually a nurse practitioner uh, who's uh, seeing me as um, my primary care person. And um, it it was a little, um, I wouldn't say it was stressful, but, you know, it's something that I had to do. I set it up beforehand so I didn't, uh, so everything is in place. They've already seen me and I've already established the connection. So when I'm physically there, um, I just have to continue it. I think that was what I needed to do in order to keep my sanity. So, uh, so far, again, so good. And uh, I encourage everyone to do that because you're right, you do need to... um, to establish yourself, and it's a little bit more um, than the average person has to do, but it's well worthwhile when you think it through. Well, one more question before you share your poem. Um, How did you go about finding them? Did you use word of mouth? Did you go on the Internet? Did you ask for referrals from your current doctors? I'm just wondering if you could share a tip with the listeners. I personally, um, I, I have very good health insurance through my job, so I went to the provider directory and I located, I'm moving near Annapolis, Maryland, so I, I located uh, uh, physicians who were in my network in the city of Annapolis, and there were quite a few choices. I made some phone calls ahead of time, and I asked them some questions that I needed to ask, and um, I wanted somebody who was pump savvy, and um, I found the person that I think uh, I wanted to see, and it worked out very, very well. Wonderful. All right, well, I guess... Um we're ready for you to bear all and show your poem. <laughs> I'm not sure you are, Max, but I'll try it anyway. <laughs> um, my poem tonight is called One of You. There's only one of you and one of me. All other roles are taken. There's no other avenue, no one else to be, and only you can awaken. All of your aura and DNA and nothing more can make you who you are. Don't give yourself away. Don't close the door. Be a shining star. Perfection is a lie, can't be achieved, and isn't worth the trying. Beauty is in the eye, all bodies received.
Anything else is lying. Ditch the scale. Size has no bearing. When will we all learn? The heart and spirit prevail. No matter what you're wearing, someone's head will turn. It's music and dance. It's art and science making us feel alive. Looks are happenstance, a fake reliance. Advertisers contrive. Just be you with no apology and make your own ideals. Every color and hue, each time and chronology. Kick up your heels. Thumb your nose, wag your tongue, flip the bird. Buttons and bows, your own song sung. You will be heard. I love it, and it really kind of ties into the new year and approaching it with a new attitude. And this idea, you know, we're going to be talking in a minute with one of the creators of that of the calendar about just uh, feeling comfortable in your own skin, right? Amen. And, and one must feel comfortable is. in one's own skin. That's that's our that's the job we all have to do. No, I agree. Well, thank you for taking it off tonight for a good cause, Lorraine. Um, I'll look forward to seeing you fully clothed next month when we take on fashion. <laughs> you know, I rather like this. I think I'm going to make this my new style. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, guess what? Lorraine's not the only one who took it off for a good cause. My next guest did as well. She's one of the fabulous creators of the eye-catching 2016 new diabetes advocacy calendar called TD1 Expose, which features tasteful nude portraits of people living with type 1 diabetes and embracing the changes it makes to their lives and their bodies. I'm so excited to welcome her to the show. Please welcome Kat Reed. Hi, Kat. Hi, how are you, Max? I'm great. You know, um, we're making, we're having fun with this, but it is, it's a, it is a really beautiful calendar. I've seen it. Tell our audience a little bit about the calendar and what the inspiration was behind it. Oh, sure. So um, T1D Exposed, um, just like you said, is a new diabetes advocacy calendar, and um, it, <laughs> it started out as a joke, laughing about it with other friends with type 1, so wouldn't it be funny if we had a nude calendar and we could do fundraising like the Calendar Girls? Um, there's so many incredibly worthy type 1 diabetes nonprofits out there. There are some that are just so dear to my heart like Carb Diem and the Diabetic Youth Families and JDRF, and it's hard to ask people for money all, all the time to support all these amazing um, T1D organizations, and so um, T1D Exposed was a really beautiful way to um, be able to create something um, for fundraising, and um, that's kind of how it started out, and then as we started to do it, we realized what a meaningful project it was, and it took on this beautiful, deep meaning about really embracing your bodies and that really complex relationship that people have with their bodies as um, people living with type 1 diabetes. Um, just, I, I think your relationship with your body is different when you're living with a chronic illness, um, but especially one that can be so physical like type 1. So how long have you been living with diabetes? Um, I've been living with it for 16 years, and uh, my co-founder, Tara Lehman, has been living with it uh, for 21 years now. So uh, between the two of us, we have lots of diabetes experience, and um, our participants are a huge range of diagnoses. Um, our most recently diagnosed participant has been living with it for just a little over a year, and then um, our longest diagnosed participant has been thriving with type 1 for 62 years now. 
Well, I think it's so interesting that you brought up body image because obviously our diva inspiration of the month, Adele, is all about you know uh, pushing past the norm and celebrating all sizes, which I love about her. So I'm curious, like when you talk specifically about body issues in type one, what would would you share one that you might have experienced that we could uh, or we could gain a little bit further insight on that tonight? Oh, absolutely. I mean. Just with the the bumps and the bruises are something that I struggle with so much. The scar tissue of years of wearing an insulin pump and having sticky adhesive on your bodies and all these gadgets and tubing and the constant beeping. And, um, I mean, I think that's just the tip of the iceberg with the physical body <laughs> with my insecurities. But the way the type 1 affects you internally as well, um, I mean, complications are a real part of diabetes sometimes. And it's hard it's hard to embrace those who wants to embrace this part of diabetes. But um, I think... The calendar also, um, part of it is recognizing what we are able to do with our bodies. And even though there are shortcomings and even though life with um, diabetes looks a little different sometimes, just practicing that gratitude and remembering that all of these years of life are extra years of life because of those gadgets that can be so annoying because of those bruising and those calluses and that scar tissue. Um, we get to live all these extra years with the gift of technology and insulin. Um, and we are so grateful for that at the same time. So I think it's about acknowledging the frustrations and also celebrating all of those abilities. Absolutely. Amen to that. So we should tell everyone there's a wide range of ages. There's a wide wide range of how long people have been diagnosed. There's also uh, genders, men and women. Uh, you know, we're not all Kardashians in this world. <laughs> we're all naked on the show today. I, what were people's initial reaction to being asked to be in the calendar? Um. I mean, I think it's something that's very vulnerable for people. It's always a choice. You know, we're never going to force anyone to do it. So the people that choose to do it, I think, um, are are comfortable to a degree and also maybe see it as a mission. We've had a couple um, participants that have seen this as a turning point. A participant from the calendar the first year um, shared with us her really beautiful story of overcoming uh, eating disorder with type 1 and had gotten out of a rehabilitation clinic. And she said participating in the calendar was her saying, like, I am owning this. This is mine. Like, this is my new life. I'm turning a new leaf. Um, and this is me embracing my body from this day forward. So um, I don't I don't necessarily know if choosing to participate means you're 100%, you know, okay with your body all the time. I think it goes back and forth, and it's a, a relationship. Um but, I mean, I'm just so honored that the participants have chosen to share themselves with us and their stories with us um, in that way. And everybody's welcome um, to say that they'd like to participate, too. Anybody can message us through our website at t1dexposed.org. Um, we take a collection of names of people interested. We'll email out when we're about to do our, our next photo shoot for the next year's calendar. And, um, yeah, everyone is welcome, all shapes and sizes and body types. As long as you're over 21 years old, we would love to talk to you. Yeah. Well, I know um, she just walked out of the green room because she was kind of cold, and I told her she had to get a cup of tea. But Mama Rose Marie was uh, signaling earlier that she might be interested in the calendar. So it really is for all types, <laughs> oh, all ages, that. right? Love that. That would be fantastic. Okay. So, so now, um, what? Tell us a little bit more again. Where we could get the calendar? How much it is? And and where? What it benefits? Because it does benefit a lot of wonderful organizations. Absolutely. Um, so the calendar is available online at t1dexposed.org. Um, it's $20 for the calendar. If you're local in the Bay Area, which is where we're based, um, you can come pick it up for free. Or if you'd like it shipped, you can choose to have it shipped there. We um, 
we can ship all over the world. <laughs> There's nowhere that's off limits. Um, and what was your next part of your question, Max? Uh, so who is it benefiting? I know it's, you mentioned who the JDRF. Yeah, JDRF, um, all the research that's come out of JDRF has been so incredible and really influenced all of our lives. Um, they also provide amazing um, psychosocial support, meetup groups, different events that have gone on. I know that I was um, very supported by my JDRF chapter in Atlanta when I lived in Georgia. Um, CarbDM um, is a nonprofit um, specific to California right now, and they provide educational research talks, and they provide meetup groups for adults, for children, for medical professionals. Um, they they just do incredible work. They have um, like weekend camps for mothers and daughters to talk about their relationship and diabetes. They're very near and dear to my heart, um, and I'm continued just continue to be inspired by them um, and to be involved with them. And uh, Diabetic Youth Families is also a diabetes camp based in California that um, is a camp for kids with type one, and it's all summer long. So they. Um, is camps for entire families to come up, for children to come up, for teens to come up, to really gain that independence and ownership over their diabetes and to learn and grow together. Well, it's a great cause. It's a beautiful calendar, everyone. We'll be posting more about it online. Thank you so much, Kat Reed, for joining us tonight. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Max. We appreciate it. Happy New Year's. All right, I'm staying naked for the next hour, everybody, because it's time to hear another one of our January inspiration songs. You know, Adele appeared makeup-free on the cover of Rolling Stone. I wonder if she would appear makeup-free in the TD1 Exposed calendar. She told the magazine she's curious to know if she has, um, if she'd be as successful as she is if she wasn't plus size. She believes her size makes her relatable since many of her counterparts are portrayed as perfect, unreachable, and untouchable. Why not ponder that thought while we hear another song from Adele? Here's Hello. Welcome back to Diabetes Late Night. I'm your host, Mr. Diva Bedick. Hey, I'm excited to announce that next month, starting in February, we're kicking off a new Diabetes Late Night segment game called What Shoe Do You Do? I love it. Nancy Sinatra is inspiring me. It's all about when flats attack. The goal of our new game segment is healthy shoe shopping. Our diabetic image and style advisor, Catherine Schuler, along with Patricia Addy Gentle, will be sharing both healthy foot and style tips. And guess what? One lucky winner, which could be you, will enjoy a big giveaway each month from Earth Brand Shoes. That's all starting next month in February with what shoe would you do? Which shoe would you do? Now it's time to meet my next two guests who are going to help me pay tribute to the late Natalie Cole. Her voice, her music, and her work to raise awareness for kidney disease are truly unforgettable. Please welcome to the show my friend Jennifer Jacobs. Hello, Hello Jennifer. Hello, Max. Hi. 
Welcome to the show. And we've got Dana on the line as well. Please welcome Dana. Hi, Dana. I think she's there. I thought she was there. Okay. Hello. Uh, okay. Oh, I hear her. I hear her. You're there. Hi, Dana. Are you there? Yes, I am. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for tuning in. All right. Let's start with uh, Jennifer. You worked for Natalie for um, 10 years. First of all, I'm so sorry for your loss. Um, how? What was it like working with Natalie Cole? Tell us a little bit about her. Oh, my God, Max. She was like, I always say she was like dressing a princess. There was nobody better than her. Um, I got to go to some of the most amazing places and meet some amazing princes, kings, uh, political um, presidents, everybody with her. I saw um, the, uh, the the most um, uh, uh, biggest part of my career of traveling was done with her. Um, she was just amazing in that she could sing just as if someone was breathing. It was just that easy to her. It was just it was incredible. Would she sing? Um, would she sing backstage, Jennifer? People always want to know, you know, how much singing singer professional singers really do off stage. Would she like, you know, would she come down the hall whistling a tune, or you know, would she try to get you to sing along with her, or was she protecting her voice, having like a day of rest before the show? No, she. You know what? She used to have a stereo system in her room, and she would play all kinds of music. It's crazy because. Um, you wouldn't expect her to, you know, to maybe like some of the music that she even liked because her, 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 uh, the music that she would listen to was bass, you know. So she listened to music as she was prepping to get ready for a show because she always came in two hours before, and that was her time for her to um, sit. That was her favorite time with her two hours that it would take her because she would do all hair and makeup. Um, to get prepared for the show, and she would play her music and, um, you know, sing a little bit sometimes, you know, because she would be playing her music. But, um, yeah, she loved all types of music, from rap to everything. It was always surprising, you know, you, you'd be like, really, are you listening? She's like, oh, yeah, you know. <laughs> it, was, it was funny. And Dana, funny. you worked for her also for several years. Um, you were one of her principal dressers, I think. Um, how did I mean being a female in showbiz is really difficult. I'm curious to know because we're talking a little bit about body image today. Uh, what did Natalie Cole think about her physical appearance, and and you know how did how did that work backstage? Well, I, Natalie always had an amazing figure. And she always mm-hmm. loved she and she always loved the way she looked. And yeah. even as her body began to change, she still and she still looked great. And it just made me think your question takes me back to we did a beautiful show in Milan during the holidays and she had just come off of her was recovering and she had a catheter and the dress she select didn't hide it completely. But she still had her fur coat, and she went out there and she did that show. And um, you know, and and, and it, I just thought it was amazing. And she she just she just went out there and did it. And to answer your question, I I came in after Jennifer. Uh, Jennifer kind of put me in place with Natalie, and um, I came in after her. 
So you worked with her, what you're referring to is after she had the uh, kidney transplant, correct? No, well, this incident was prior, I believe. But and then, um, did you work with her when she had the kidney transplant? I I, I worked with her uh, when she had gotten. Um, I worked with her post post um, transplant because I did a book tour with her. And what was that like? Did you notice any special needs that required a lot of people? We're going to be talking later on uh, to two of our health educators on the show, and one of them specifically is going to talk a little bit about kidney disease and how it relates to diabetes. So I'm sure someone out there listening would be curious to know how Natalie Cole dealt with uh, being a kidney transplant survivor. Well, Either- I can't really answer that question. Um, she just—it was just another level of trying to take care of yourself more than okay. you generally did. Uh, it didn't I can't, really I can't stop her from doing her. that. I can't really speak on her routine, but I know it was, you know, increased level of trying to eat better and, you know, and all of those um, elements that you know that you now have to take on. And she was able to do it and still carry on with a demanding schedule of, like you said, a book tour as well as performing live. And that's really a great message for people to take home tonight about that, that she didn't really let it stop her from going forward with any of her aspirations. I know she also um, came out with a movie. Now, I yesterday was a big celebration of her life. Jennifer, you were there. What was that like? It was pretty amazing. It was. I actually thought going in... I was praying all the way. I was thinking, oh, my God, how hard is this going to be? And although it was really, um, it was tough, it was really um, uplifting. And um, I walked out of it happy because in knowing Natalie for all those years, the, um, I was actually proud because I was I was worried about Robbie, her son, how he would do, and he was magnificent. He and sure was. I thought to myself, Natalie, you my my greatest fear was that how was he going to deal with her uh, passing, and he was just eloquent, and which made my heart jump with joy. Because I knew then that, you know, you're never prepared to lose a parent, never. But when he started speaking, I knew that she had given him what he needed to move forward. And that was that was one of my biggest worries was about Robbie. But also the fact that it was a service that she would have been proud of because Natalie, like Luther, was very meticulous about every detail and things and yes. and how they should be and the way things should be presented. So I was really, really happy because I knew that she, that service, she would have been proud of that service. There was nothing about it that would have, you know, uh, that she would not have liked. Nothing. Was she very religious? She was. She 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 belonged to a church, and you know she went to services, and she did a lot of um, um, church affairs and events for um, her oh, nice. church when she could, in between, you know, um, performing or whatever. But Natalie never stopped. Let anything stop. Nothing. I've worked when I worked with her. She once performed. Um, 
at uh, uh, Mardi Gras for Fat Tuesday, and she was really, really sick. And she did the show, and we flew back, and her doctor said, it was a miracle that she did not bust her eardrum because the infection was just that bad. He couldn't even imagine that she had even made it through it. I worked with her when she had food poisoning, and we was at Hollywood Bowl, and instead of her doing changes, she was going to do um, some changes during her show. She didn't because she would come off stage and, you know, bark in a bucket and clean up and then go back out and do the show. And the audience never knew. I mean, never missed a beat. She never looked. She would, she would perform, which is exactly what she did up until the time um, of her death because she was in uh, the last, one of the last shows she did in New York when I was there. Um, um, she, you know, rolled in with a wheelchair and said, okay, you know, you guys are going to roll me in, you're going to give me the oxygen, and then, uh, but I'm going to do this show. And she would go from that person of being sick to going right on stage and performing, and no one would be the wiser and sing like an angel, like an angel. You wouldn't even know that two totally different people. So if she was not singing, you know, that was everything to her, everything. She loved to perform, everything. I think it was tarsetic to her, for her as well. I think, I think it helped her stay well, actually. That, it did. You know. I say that, too. If she had stopped, because the argument was the last time I had seen her, um, and I was like, why are you doing this? And she was like, what else? Am, you know, and I said, okay, you know what? I get it. I get it. Because that is what kept her going. She loved I love it. Form. All right, well, we're going to wrap Look. up. But here's a big question for both of you. Uh, diva is a four-letter word, and we <laughs> everyone knows that. So we're, I would like to ask you both to give me four words to describe Natalie. We'll go one at a time until we get to the fourth word. So think for a second about four okay. words that you would use to use Natalie. And we'll do one word at a time from both of you and then go to the second word because uh, I know people are thinking of her today. They've been thinking about her through the holidays and the loss we suffered. And, and thank goodness there's so much wonderful music on YouTube and in her uh, catalog to listen to. So, Dana, let's start with you. What's the first word that comes to your mind when you think of Natalie Cole? Fashion icon. Okay. And uh, Jennifer? Classy. And back to Dana. Effortless beauty. And back mm-hmm. to Jennifer. A friend. And back to Dana. Ditto on a friend. <laughs> back to Jennifer. <laughs> <laughs> one more word. Give me one more word, ladies. Both of Sometimes she looks funny as all get out. Oh, my gosh. She was hysterical. She was hysterical. Hysterical. Well, you know, yeah, we love, yeah. at Diva Medic, we love to use divas to inspire us to stay healthy. I like to say glam more, fear less. And having you both provide that insight and making them seem more human than they look on stage because they're such icons in our life is so um, truly welcomed. And I'm so grateful to have you both on the show. So sorry about your loss, but thank you again for sharing the memories thank with you. us tonight. Thank, thank you, you, Max. Thank, thank you, Max. I hope to see you soon and Happy New Year. Right. I know. 
<laughs> you too. Nick. All right. Well, we're going to keep the tribute going and take and introduce our two healthcare. Um, av- they're not healthcare advocates. They're healthcare educators. We've got Patricia Addy Gentle and Marianne Nikolai, who are going to be on the show tonight. They're they're both going to help me raise awareness for um, Natalie Cole. I want to say right off the start. Natalie Cole was not living with diabetes. However, she was a um, she did ha- have a kidney uh, transplant, and she died of uh, congenital heart disease. So I want to start with Patricia. Welcome to the show, Patricia. Hi, Max. Thank you, and Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. And please welcome to the show Marianne Nikolai. Hey, Max. Hey. Hi, Patricia. Happy New Year to both of you. All right. You're, um, so, Patricia, you heard the the wonderful ladies Jennifer and Dana talking about Natalie. Uh, unfortunately, the ten, the nine time Grammy Award winner and the daughter of the late uh, Nat King Cole, she was living with hepatitis C. She received a kidney transplant, and they said that she died from complications of congestive heart failure. I'm just wondering if you could tell us a little bit about what congestive heart failure is, how it relates to diabetes, and and maybe some of the treatments available. Well, with congestive heart failure occurs when the heart is unable, it has, it loses its ability to uh, pump effectively. So the heart muscles are weakened and the blood is not being perfused or pumped throughout the body the way that it should. So some of the symptoms would be shortness of breath. Uh, blood is the oxygen-carrying uh, component that we utilize for energy and for oxygen. And also you will note swelling in the lower extremities, especially the feet, the ankles, the legs, shortness of breath because of the fluid buildup. If the blood is not pumping effectively, then uh, also the kidneys start to retain some of that fluid for you in order to try and help the blood with the blood flow. But um, that compensatory mechanism will cause problems in the long run. Uh, some of the do you think that her kidney transplant had anything to do with this, or no? I know we're 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 not we're not experts on Natalie Cole's health condition, so I just want to tell the listeners we're just talking uh, candidly with each other. So you know, uh, but I do want to ask if you think there's a connection there or not. I'm really not sure if her kidney was functioning properly um, the way that it should, and it, it probably was with the number of years that she was able, um, you know, to have had received it. It probably was not that big of a factor. It, it was probably functioning pretty much the way that anybody's kidney would function, but, uh, you know, in the case of heart failure. But some of the medications, anti-rejection medicines and um, some of the medicines that she had to take because of that kidney may have play, play, uh, played a factor there. And Marianne, uh, her kidney yep. transplant really encouraged her to uh, begin a whole health ambassador program. In fact, it even translated over to her music. She recorded her first ever uh, Latin music album in 2009, and that, that reason for that was because of the woman who donated the kidney to her was of a Latin descent. So it's kind of interesting how much she kind of embraced this and was um, such an advocate for it. I know there's a connection here with diabetes and kidneys. What is it? Right. Well, 
people with um, diabetes, uh, well, let's say it this way, um, having kidney disease is a, um, or having diabetes is a leading cause of kidney disease. So if somebody has diabetes, there is a, a stronger chance of them developing uh, kidney disease as a complication of diabetes. doesn't mean that you will, but the chances are much stronger. And what should you be looking out for, like um, some of the symptoms of that? Well, some of the symptoms of kidney disease are um, that swelling or water retention in the hands and feet and in your face. Um, sometimes it can affect your sleeping. It can affect your appetite also. Your appetite might not be quite as good as it used to. Um, you might experience a little bit of nausea. Um, sometimes you can feel a little bit weaker or get tired faster. Um, Sometimes skin might be a little bit dry, so you may have itchy skin. And um, it can also kind of affect your heart rhythm and um, some of your muscles. So you might have some twitching or ticking in the muscles. And these are some experience or some um, symptoms that I saw uh, a very close friend of mine had um, kidney disease as a result of type 1 diabetes. And these are some of the symptoms that I saw in her. So I, I, I know that she experienced some of these things. And it must be a challenge to um, juggle dual diagnosis, type 1 diabetes and kidney disease. How did your friend do with it, and, and what do you think some of the coping strategies should be? Um, I, I think there was a little bit of depression that came in um, when she had yet another complication of diabetes that she had to deal with and yet another set of doctors that she had to see. And um, I think a lot of folks with any kind of a chronic condition can relate to that. But, um, you know, she accepted what was in front of her. She was put on dialysis. She accepted what was put in front of her. And um, just like Natalie, she never let it stop her from doing the things she loved to do. And, boy, I tell you, when golf season was um, was there, she was out on the golf course as often as she could get there. And she just didn't let it get in the way of her life. And that was um, pretty inspirational to to sit back and see that. And, uh, Patricia, you'd have to agree from hearing uh, comments by Dana and Jennifer and just what Marianne said, that Natalie Cole certainly was someone who uh, faced the challenges head-on and really has served as an inspiration to show that the diva will go on regardless of what she's dealing with. Most definitely. Natalie was a talent, a very talented um, songstress, and she was um, just amazing uh, coping with chronic conditions and being uh, the talent that she was. Her performances were amazing. I but a lot of people don't have the resources. A lot of people don't have the resources that Natalie Cole had. So just wrapping up this tribute about how people could apply some of this to it. You know, how how what, I want to ask both you and Marianne, like what kind of resources people should be looking for if they're struggling with either the congestive heart failure issues, the kidney um, disease, or even struggling with their diabetes. Because coming up, we're going to be meeting. Cindy Lou from Kentucky, who was recently diagnosed about a year ago with type 2 diabetes. Well, this one thing that I've noticed um, always was with our empowerment group, which was for women that were dealing with diabetes, um, just having that support. So find some type of a support network, whether it's an empowerment group or a support group or um, friends that understand 
some kind of support network that can help you over the rough times and celebrate the good times. And then having a good relationship with the people that help you take care of your diabetes and having a relationship with your health professionals, um, the dietitian, the doctor, the, um, the pharmacist, the, um, anybody that helps you take care of your diabetes because you're the one that's doing it 95% of the time. So having that good, trusted relationship is so important. And many of the people I work with that have diabetes uh, rely so strongly on their faith. Whatever their belief system is, their faith just plays such an integral role in helping them cope with the day-to-day ups and downs of having diabetes. I How about you, Patricia? All of that. What would you like that? Well, I agree with all of that, and um, especially with your health care provider, your doctor, your diabetes educator can often lead you to resources within the community if you're not aware of a support group or an uh, empowerment group that you might want to join forces with. Also, family members. Empower your family, uh, a friend, your close mm-hmm. buddies. Mm-hmm. Have them to come to classes with you, maybe appointments, and also they are – uh, invited to support groups. They learn more and they know more about how to help the person who lives with the chronic condition. Mm-hmm. And I Absolutely. just want to add, before we move on to meet Cindy Lou, you know, it's uh, Natalie Cole proves you had an entourage. We showed it tonight. We had two very caring women, Jennifer and Dana, who were out there supporting Natalie, look her best, feel fabulous every day that she put on her best performance. There's lots of people in your life who will gladly help you do that. And I hope when you heard all four of the voices of these women tonight, you realize if you're listening and you're struggling with something, that there is help for you and that the spirit of Natalie Cole lives on with us today. So now we're going to get back to our diva inspiration, Adele, for all of the Adele fans out there. And, hey, I'm one of them. You know what? Adele says, Marianne, that if a man whistles at you, don't respond. You're a lady, not a dog. She has, she's actually quit smoking recently. She said she'd love to do it, but it's not that cool when you're dying from a smoke-related illness and she has a kid who would be devastated. So let's hear one of my favorite songs off the album 25 called When, you, when We Were Young. You look like a movie You sound like a soul My God, this reminds me Of when we were young Let me photograph you in this light In case it is the last I heard We might be exactly like we were like a movie it was just like a song welcome back to diabetes late night i'm your host mr diva Bedick, and it's time to meet our real life diva living with type 2 diabetes from kentucky please welcome cindy lou hi Matt. hi cindy lou how happy early birthday i know you have a birthday coming up this oh, week oh thank you so I, de- I dedicated when we were young to you tonight. I know you're only turning 29, uh, but, you know. Correct, correct. I'm glad you got to me. I was getting cold. I finally had to go get my bathrobe. This nudity thing tonight was really getting to me this winter. <laughs> Thank you for going along with that. <laughs> I'm actually enjoying it, but I, I could see that some people are getting cold in the uh, green room. <laughs> 
All right, now, I was mentioning you all through the show. Tell us a little bit about your journey because you've been living with, as I know, you've been living with, you were diagnosed about a year ago with type 2 diabetes. That must have been a challenge. I was diagnosed on my birthday last year. Happy birthday to me. Uh, It was a wake-up call, and in a lot of ways it's turned into a blessing, Max. Um, I didn't feel that way on the beginning, but now I do. And what changed What changed in you to make you go from that? I told you a little bit when we talked before. At the time, I was diagnosed two weeks later. My 32-year-old son was diagnosed with a brain tumor, and my mother went into hospice with in, in care of end-of-life care for congestive heart failure from many surgeries on her heart. Um, at the time, I was totally lost. I didn't know what to do. And you you finally get so immersed in all these feelings of no control over anything that it I don't know it hit me that the only thing I was in control of was myself and my choices. And once I reached that point, I started taking care of myself. I devised a plan, found the meter, I uh, got online and started researching diets. Joined a couple of support groups, asked a lot of questions, and started taking care of me so I could take care of everybody else around me. Now, um, thank you for sharing that. Two of the things that really popped out to me when we spoke was just the attitude of your first doctor when you were um, about your diabetes. <laughs> and I think this happens to a lot of people. So I wanted, I would like you to share a little bit of that experience about what happened. Well, I went to the doctor. They had pulled up regular blood work because we had moved here and I was hunting for a new doctor and she pulled the blood work and my glucose fasting glucose came back at 158. Now I knew something was wrong. I knew that wasn't right, but a lot of people would have been in that office and never recognized there was a problem. She never said to me diabetes. She just said, you need to reduce your carbs a little and we'll, we'll pull your blood again in three months. And you weren't I having that. Oh, no. I came home and got online and went to the American Diabetes Association website to see what a normal blood sugar should be. And what did you find out? What? Oh, I found out I had diabetes. And um, it, it made me angry. I mean, it made me very angry because I had walked out of a paid doctor's appointment where I should have gotten care and walked away totally blind and come home, I found out I had a disease. And so what did you do? What were the next steps? I found another doctor, first thing. (laughs) Then I was immersed in all that was going on with my family. I left home and moved to my mother. And I ran into the doctor who had treated me before I moved to California and told him what was going on, and he said, come see me, and that was the best move I ever made, even though I'm still driving two and a half hours to see him. He's he's really been my salvation through all of it. And with his help, you've made some significant changes in your life, so tell <laughs> everybody uh, what's changed. Oh, he thinks they're significant. Um, I modified my diet. I found a list of low-glycemic foods. And I started from there, and I've lost 70 pounds since my birthday last year. 70 pounds. Mm-hmm. 
And so how did you modify your diet? Because I know now people are really going to be tuning in. You know, uh, January is a month of resolutions. Most people stop uh, going after the resolution after the first week. Here we are kind of entering the second week. I think you're going to inspire a lot of people. What? Um, tell us a little bit about how you modified your diet. you got to remember I was on my own through this time. I was researching everything I could online. I kept it simple, Max. My life was full of everybody else needing. Um, I found a picture on the American Diabetes Association website that showed a plate. Half of it was vegetables, you know. Um, One quarter of it was starch and one quarter of it was protein. So the next time I saw my doctor, I said, explain to me what these foods are. So he did. He explained what a carb looked like, a starch, a protein, a fat, and these were serving sizes of these items. And so I got online again, found me a support group, and uh, it was low-carb, high-fat, which in the end that diet didn't work for me because my blood work went out on it. Uh, My cholesterol didn't respond well to it. But I started, and that's still how I eat. One half of my plate is is garden vegetables, lettuce, spinach, pickled okra, asparagus, green beans, low glycemic foods. Um, I don't eat a lot of starches. I cut all bread, rice, pasta out of my diet, anything with white flour. Uh, Mostly I do whole foods. Wow, I want to bring in Marianne on this conversation because I know um, someone who works as a dietitian will have something to say. Marianne, you're hearing Cindy Lou's story. It's yeah. an incredible journey. I'm, I, you know, she was just kind of breaking up the plate for us, and I'm, I'd love to get your feedback on it. Well, um, using that plate method is a great way for people to anybody, whether you have diabetes or not, it's a great way to set your plate up so that you're getting healthy foods and and eating a variety of different types of foods. So having half that plate with vegetables is a great idea. A quarter of your plate with a protein, and it doesn't have to be meat. It can be um, fish. It can be plant-based protein. And then the other quarter of your plate with some type of a starch, whether you like rice or potatoes or you have whole grains, which is a great idea instead of white rice, um, brown rice, or wild rice, um, but getting some whole grains in there. And then popping in a piece of fruit and maybe some type of a low-fat dairy so that you're getting a nice variety of foods that have lots of nutrients in them. That's what's really important that you do. So it sounds like um, she was working on something that worked well for her. And 70-pound weight loss is a, is a something that worked well for her. Absolutely. And you know what, Cindy, I love what you did, but I love games even more. So surprise, tonight we're going to play our popular Carb Kitty game with you, as well as all of our listeners. You can see all the Carb Kitty videos on Mr. Diva Beck's YouTube channel. Right after we play, uh, we're going to get right to that game, Cindy Lou. So get sit tight, because right now we're going to play another song from our January Diva Inspiration Adele, who said that a lot of people think She hates being famous, but the truth is she's really frightened by it. She thinks it's toxic and believes it's really easy to be dragged into it. Early in her career, she faced frequent musical comparisons to Amy Winehouse, whom she met only a few times. Watching Amy Winehouse deteriorate is one of the reasons why she's a bit frightened of fame, said Adele. Here's another song from the album 25, courtesy of Sony Music.
Cindy Luzman in the hot seat, everybody. You're listening to Diabetes Late Night, and I'm Mr. Divabetic Ratty to challenge Cindy Lou with our popular carb kitty game. How good are you counting carbs, Cindy Lou? Pretty good, I think. All right. Well, here's how the game works. I'm going to give you three food items, and you're going to have to tell me which one you think has seven carbs in it. Are you ready? I'm ready. I went to the local Whole Food Market with Marianne, and we picked up number one, a whole red pepper weighing approximately seven ounces. Our second item is one cup of radishes, and our third item is one red-hot tomato weighing approximately 6.4 ounces. Cindy Lou, which one do you think has seven carbs? The tomato. All right, let's go to Marianne for the answer. Marianne, for the win. Uh, that's the correct answer. This tomato has a seven carbs. Do you do a lot of researching on carbs, Cindy Lou? Because a lot of people think that's like the biggest hurdle to get over is this idea of counting carbs. Uh, I had to learn it very quickly. <laughs> and a lot of people do struggle with that, Marianne. What do you want to say about carbohydrate counting to make it a little bit easier for people, or what resources would you provide? Yeah, it, it, a lot of do, people do struggle with it, and it's, you know, the first thing I'd say to somebody is just take a breath and take It's not going to happen overnight, so give yourself a break and just take some time. But learn about the foods that contain carbohydrates because carbohydrates, break down into glucose, and glucose is our body's source of energy. So we have to have carbohydrates in our diet, but there's a way of doing it so that you are spreading your carbohydrates out across the day. You're eating about the same time each day, about the same amount of food at each uh, meal, but you're getting in some carbohydrates that maybe have a a little bit better, uh, more nutrients in them than some others. For instance, an apple and a cookie are both carbohydrate-based foods. We know that an apple is always going to be better than a cookie, but sometimes you need to eat the cookie. So it's a matter of how do you do that. But more often than not, you've got to have um, the carbohydrates that are good choices of food, um, something that has um, a lot of nutrients in it, as a, like that apple as opposed to that cookie. But just take your time and learn about carbohydrates. There's a lot of places you can go on the websites. Um, American Diabetes Association has some good information. I'm betting the Divabetic website has some good information also. So learn about what foods contain carbohydrates and then how you spread those out across the day. Um, a registered dietitian is going to be somebody that can really help you with this. So um, check into your health insurance plan and get yourself in to see that registered dietitian. A plan that's going to suit your needs, not somebody else's, but your needs. All right, well, listen, Marianne and Cindy Lou and everyone listening, I have one more surprise for you. Are you ready? Okay. Ooh la la. We're going 15 minutes more tonight on our all-nude podcast. We have 15 extra minutes on this podcast to kick off the new year. Cindy Lou, I have a question for you now that we're in our bonus minutes. You're a thrifty diva when it comes to um, checking your blood glucose levels you told me earlier this week that you have a meter that you really like that really isn't going to put a dent in your purse what is it and tell us a little bit about it um my insurance provides a bayer meter and my copay on it is still pretty steep so i just use rely on prime from walmart the strips are nine dollars for 50 
uh, the the meter itself, I think, was under $16. And that way I can check more often and make sure I'm eating to my meter. And you said it's it's a little bit less painful too, right? Right, right. All right, less painful and to my pocketbook and less painful to me. Uh, well, <laughs> hey, it sounds good to me. And Marianne, we're in bonus time right now. Uh, I I got a big memo from my son, uh, my friend Susan Weiner, uh, the Diabetes Educator of the Year, that the new dietary guidelines just came out. What is this, and and why is it important? Well, the new dietary guidelines come out, um, or guidelines come out every five years, and this is something that the government does for us. And um, what the guidelines do is um, look at the science and give us guidelines as to how to eat healthy. These guidelines come out every five years, so um, they're good until, I think, 2020. And um, the guidelines themselves are the basis for um, some of the food and nutrition programs that are um, available available to us through the government, like um, the breakfast and lunch programs for kids or the senior meal programs for older folks. And they also use these guidelines as a basis for developing um, health information that can help us to make healthier food choices. Um, the guidelines are... Um, you know, they're pretty important. They give us how to stay healthier from a nutrition standpoint. All right. And Cindy Lou, there's another surprise because you're in bonus time. Ooh la la. <laughs> For helping us raise awareness in a fun new way and playing our di- our diabetic Carb Kitty game tonight, um, you're going to receive a gift basket from New Naturals, which is filled with diabetic-safe, low-glycemic, tooth-friendly sweeteners, a Cabot cheese gift basket filled with an assortment of delicious low-fat cheeses, and Dr. Greenfield's diabetes lotions and products, products which are specifically designed for people mm-hmm. with diabetes with sensitive and delicate skin. Oh, thank you, Max. And I also thank know you... you um, have a prize for everyone tonight because you're part of an online type 2 support group that you've created. Tell everyone a little bit about that because I, I think it would be I love having you in my life every day on Facebook and I'm sure a lot of other people would too. Well, tell people how they can get involved with that. I created a support group for type 2 diabetes. It's called Diabetes Type 2 Group Support and Recipes. We're a fun little group. We We do not judge anyone uh, I started it because I needed a group that believed whatever diet I was on that was working for me and that my blood work was in agreement with was the right diet for me. And I feel like there are so many diabetics who get caught in one train of thought online and a herd mentality that is truly not the healthiest way for them. And I love what your dietitian said about um, a milk serving, a fruit serving. I eat a, low, a no fat. Greek yogurt three times a day. I eat fruit three times a day along with my vegetables. And I think it's really important for everybody to get involved with a group that doesn't tell you you've got to do it this way. And that's why I created the group. And, Max, while I've got a minute, I want to say thank you so much for your diabetic site. When I found your site, I was so happy because you are teaching me every day that I can celebrate my age, 
I can celebrate being 60. I can be happy, and I can be as bold as I want and just as feisty as I want with diabetes. And I appreciate that so much. I I thank you so much for sharing that. And I feel like um, I just am so thrilled to work with people with Marianne. Marianne ran uh, the Cleveland Divas for several several years. You heard her mention it earlier. Right. And Marianne, right. you eight years, and you have a big. You have some news that might be coming up in the Cleveland area for divas uh, of all types. What what might be happening soon? Well, um, I think you and I are going to put our heads together and see how we can get our diva group back, going back again. It's kind of um, um, not as popular as it used to be or not as active as it used to be, but we're going to get that back going again. And um, we know that a lot of women that have diabetes are also dealing with other chronic health conditions. So um, we can open this group up to people dealing with different types of chronic health conditions because it's it's just very overwhelming. And um, that's something that I've always noticed with people that have diabetes or other chronic health conditions that, that sometimes it's just it's just difficult. And coming together and sitting and laughing and joking and crying and um, being with other people who are kind of in the same boat with you just makes the journey so much easier. And um, it can be, just like your guests have said, such a help and such a support to each other that um, I'm really looking forward to trying to get something going again. And um, uh, you and I did it once before. We're going to do it again. I agree. You know, Adele has a song by Remedy, which we're going to play in a minute before we meet our last guest. I just want you to know our diva inspiration for January, Adele began singing at the age of four. And we're about to play another song from her album titled 25, but she's actually right now 27. However, the album is named after the age she began working on it. Here's Remedy from 25. But when the pain pops you deep, and when the night keeps you from sleeping, just look and you will see that I will be your Back to Diaries Late Night. I'm your host, Mr. Diva Bedek. It's time to meet my final guest. She's been my remedy my entire life. I've been um, working with her on Diva Bedek since its inception. I'm so thrilled I got to celebrate her 80th birthday with her over the holidays. Please welcome my favorite diva, my remedy, Mama Rosemary. Hello, Max. Hi, Mom. Welcome back to the show and uh, kicking off a whole new year of uh, podcasting, and we're doing it naked. Yes, we are. Well, thanks for volunteering me to pose for that magazine. However, I believe I'd be better off peddling that magazine rather than posing for it. I think it's a very worthwhile cause, and I think uh, the proceeds go to a wonderful, worthwhile causes, and... um, uh, 
I I don't think if I posed for it, they would get too many people to buy it at 80 years old. So um, anyhow, I hope that they have much success with that um, magazine. Yeah, it was definitely interesting to hear Kat Reed talk about the challenges of body issues that a lot of people with type 1 deal with and the fact that they're willing to embrace those in such an empowering way. And it, it, it does go to a great cause because, you know, the JDRF, really gave Divabetic its start here in New York City way back in 2006, which was 10 years ago, with our very first major outreach event, which was called Makeover Your Diabetes. So it's a thrill to be able to have them on the show tonight and help to raise awareness for this great cause and help uh, bring proceeds to this wonderful resource. So I know uh, new, the new year is a lot about resolutions, you're always providing friendly tips in the segment Mother Your Diabetes. I'm I'm curious to know what is something you think we could do this year to live a happier and healthier life. Well, I think that this year everybody could start to read. Um, and that's my tip for this month is to read a good book. Reading helps to expand your horizons. It gives you something new and different to enjoy. And there are so many diverse subjects that you can read about. You just learn something every time you pick up a book. So you should let the author do all that research, and you could benefit from any of that knowledge. Whether you read fiction or nonfiction, you could learn something that is helpful in your life. It is also helpful for your brain, too, and it keeps your brain functioning actively. This can help keep you mentally sharp as we age. So that is my tip for the month and for the year. Read a good book. Now, a lot of people read alone, but you you read in groups, right? You're part of several reading groups, are you not? Oh, yes. I belong to two book clubs, and it's absolutely wonderful because they suggest books that I probably would not pick up on my own. And I just can't tell you the different subjects that I have been learning about. It's just amazing. So I encourage people to um, join book clubs, even start one, or just to your library. Most libraries have book clubs for um, for people, and they have good advice on what different books to read. Well, you know, and I always have I a hard before, time. I always have a hard time, Mom, finding a good book. So are you reading anything good right now? Uh, yes, I am. I'm reading about the boys in the boat, which is on the bestseller list, I believe, right now. And it's all about um, crewing in the colleges. It's And it's just fascinating. I never, we think of college sports as being football and baseball and basketball. But uh, crewing has always been a big sport for colleges, and I didn't realize this because I was never involved in that. So reading a a book about any subject like that really teaches you quite a bit about different um, uh, professions and, and as I said, different games and so forth. So um, I just encourage everybody to uh, pick up a book, learn something new, and keep that brain going. I agree. I know Cindy Lou reads a lot, too. I'd be curious to know what Cindy Lou's reading. Cindy Lou, what are you reading these days? Because you mentioned that you've, you delve into a lot of diabetes resources. Um, I do a lot of reading on diabetes control. I do a lot of my reading online or through the Kindle program off Amazon. I don't have a book I'm working on right now. All right, and I Just, know Natalie Cole came out with her own book, 
uh, Dana and Jennifer. Uh, not only did she write the book, it tur- she turned it into a movie, correct? Jennifer? Mm-hmm. I don't know if she's still there. And Marianne, are you reading anything? Um, well, I am getting ready to start a book called um, George Washington's Secret Six, and it's about the um, a secret spy ring that helped save the Revolutionary War. So I haven't started it. It's on my nightstand. I'm getting ready to do it tonight. I love well, it. And that I'm, is a good book. I'm reading Sydney Sheldon. Oh, good. I, thanks. I'm reading Sydney Sheldon's Revenge. And do you know why, listeners? Because I'm already knee-deep in our mystery podcast that's coming up in September, so I'm getting some ideas from some of these best-selling authors of mystery. Well, hey, that's our show tonight. I want to thank all my guests and especially thank you for listening. Please subscribe to our Divabetic e-newsletter at divabetic.org. Visit our Divabetic Facebook pages and videos on Mr. Divabetic's YouTube channel. Play Carb Kitty right there on my YouTube channel like Cindy Lou did. You might be a lucky winner with me at one time on our Diabetes Late Night podcast. Remember, every diva like the late and wonderful Natalie Cole has an entourage. And I am so glad to be part of yours, especially yours, Cindy Lou. Let's get happy and healthy together this year. We're going to close the podcast with one of my favorite songs from Adele's album 25, courtesy of Sony Music. Whatever it is, I depend on it and wait.